With the lockout finally over, what happens next for the Giants with opening day just four weeks away? Farhan Zaidi met with the media this morning, and we'll talk about what he said next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show we provide episodes three days a week, Kind of, sort of, for now, we're going to transition to five days a week, either next week or the week after that. It remains to be seen, and it depends on the level of activity that we see, and we'll talk about that today. But anyway, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already. And coming up on today's show, it is reaction the next day after mercifully the lockout ended yesterday. We put out a podcast yesterday within minutes, really, of the lockout ending. And so if you want my full reaction and kind of initial takes on what's in the new collective bargaining agreement, I would encourage you to check out yesterday's episode. We'll talk about some of the elements in the agreement that we didn't get to yesterday, today. But first, I want to talk about Farhan Zaidi meeting with the media this morning and talking about the Giants' plans from here on out. Also, Larry Bear either met with the media or he, I think he met with the media or he was on the radio. Somewhere we got uh, quotes from Larry Bear about the Giants' plans post-lockout. So I want to just start by saying the anticipation in the industry has been that it would be an absolute frenzy once transactions were unfrozen, but so far that hasn't really been the case. I think there's been just a couple of major league signings so far. Uh, I want to say almost 24 hours after the lockout ended, but actually we're less than that because transactions kind of opened up. I think it was at seven o'clock Eastern, so uh, four o'clock. So we're, we're getting close, 20 hours or so post lockout right now. And anyway, not a lot has happened. But so the highlights of Farhan Zaidi talking with the media. Actually, first, we're going to start with Larry Bear. The highlight basically of what Bear said, said this is courtesy of Susan Slusser she says that the giants are quote primed to be in the market the frenzied market that he said was going to be a frenzy and a flurry of activity he says we're going to be pretty aggressive and that they've prepared for it there are more detailed quotes but essentially he said they expect it to be kind of crazy they're primed to be involved and he said they're going to be quote aggressive and so That should set the expectation at least to some degree. They're not just going to sit on their hands and run with this roster into the season. But Farhan Zaidi is the one who ultimately kind of makes the moves, even though it does go up the chain of command and someone like Bear has to approve them. But what did Zaidi say when he met with the media today? Well, John Shea has that Zaidi said, quote, we're still looking to add starting pitching depth, interest in adding a bat. We obviously love versatility. There are still some interesting bats out there, and Shea adds that Zaidi says they're looking at the entire list, not just the high end. 
We also have Susan Slusser saying that Zaidi says he's not fixated on a right-handed bat and that they could look for a left-handed bat as well. That's kind of been a media narrative, myself included, stemming from this interview with Andy Baggerly that Zaidi gave when they were talking about Seiya Suzuki. And Zaidi said, certainly we're going to be in that market. A right-handed outfielder with power and good at-bat quality certainly fits our team. He didn't say we're only looking at right-handed bats. And so that whole right-handed thing is kind of a media narrative. Zaidi said in this press conference or interview today that he thinks that the bats, the right-handed bats they have currently are underrated. And I certainly wouldn't argue with that. But that being said, I still do think they're one short. It doesn't have to be an everyday guy. It could be a platoon guy. But right now in the outfield, in terms of right-handed options, I see Darren Ruff and Austin Slater. And beyond that, I don't really see an answer there unless you have Tyro Estrada in that right-handed outfield mix. Otherwise, you're going to have a lefty starting in the outfield against left-handed pitching, which doesn't really seem to be what they would want to do. But they could add you know, a platoon right-handed bat to just kind of slot into that outfield mix and then add a more impact types uh, left-handed player, whether it's a Kyle Schwarber or whoever else. So I don't think that these comments necessarily take them out on anyone, but it is interesting that they're saying it could be left-handed as well. Michael Conforto is another option in addition to the Kyle Schwarbers of the world, but it was noteworthy that he said that. Regarding trades, Zaidi said he thinks it's going to be a, quote, big challenge to make trades this spring. He said teams respected the lockout rules and didn't discuss players, and now there's not much time. That quote, courtesy of Alex Pavlovich. So that's interesting because the starting pitching market has really thinned out considerably. There are still some intriguing arms. There's some top tier guys like Clayton Kershaw and potentially Carlos Rodon. Depending on if he's healthy, he definitely he had a monster season in 2021 when healthy. But then there's some other intriguing names. But beyond that, if they want to make a big acquisition, we were thinking it would be a trade with the A's or the Reds kind of being the obvious possible fits. But the fact that he says a trade would be a big challenge, that makes you think maybe that is less likely than maybe we thought coming into this press conference. We come out of it with a little less anticipation of the possibility of a trade. But between Bear's comments and Zaidi saying, yeah, they're they're just... Basically, all he's saying is that they're going to scour the entire market and they're not committed to one particular... They're not putting themselves in a corner looking for one particular type of player. So I wouldn't necessarily read into these comments all that much. I know people are going to and that... Generally speaking, it's probably going to be people are going to be pessimistic about these comments by Zaidi. But for me, it's just a matter of uh, what are the moves ultimately that get made and we can evaluate them at the time. But what also happens? Like, is this a frenzy? Is it kind of slow as we've seen so far? Is there a moment when it just really picks up? And it'll be interesting to see the Giants' activity relative to the rest of the league whenever we get a sense of what these market dynamics are. So coming up next, I want to talk about something we didn't mention yesterday. The Giants' playoff odds went up considerably 
with this new collective bargaining agreement without the Giants ever even having to make a move. So we'll talk about why that is and what those new odds probably should be next. But first, it's that time of year I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're uh, the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, you might be thinking, okay, sounds delicious, but I'm trying to eat healthy for New Year's, which, you know, we're well past at this point. So good on you if you're still sticking to it. Most built bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So you can feel like you're eating a candy bar, but feel good about it as it is a health conscious choice. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, here we go. We're going to talk a little bit more about the comments that Farhan Zaidi made, but also I want to talk about these kind of other factors in the new collective bargaining agreement. Actually, we're going to tie those two together because there is a rule that is very drastically going to affect the Giants most likely. And it's kind of a lesser reported on element of this new collective bargaining agreement. Thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby, is a pros- who is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. That show is free and available, available wherever you get podcasts. So yeah, I want to talk about a couple of other elements of this CBA that haven't been reported on as much. I mean, the first one actually certainly reported on a lot, but we didn't talk about it yesterday. And that is the fact that the postseason field has been expanded and the playoff structure has changed. The format has changed. Uh, It's going from 10 teams to 12 teams. And the... It's a little bit complicated, but basically the way it is is that the top six teams in each league make the the postseason, and you've got your three division winners automatically going, and then the next two best teams in the league also going. And the top two teams by record in each league will get a first round bye, and then the other four teams in each league are going to play in a best of three series. All three games would be in the home ballpark of the team with the higher seed. But essentially what this means is that the Giants playoff odds went up significantly. We know that they play in a tough division. The team at the top, I mean, the team that finished behind the Giants in 2021, but has been a bully of the division for nearly a decade, the Dodgers, they are going to enter the year as the favorites again. And then, of course, there's the Padres who on paper, have a team that should make them strong contenders in this division. And so, you know, in the past, you had to either win your division or just be the next best team in the league in order to sneak into the playoffs. And then in that case, you only uh, got your 
chance in a one game elimination wildcard game. But as it is now, the new rule is that you're going to get a best of three series if you don't win your division, but you're one of the top two teams that doesn't win your division. And so you could finish in third, theoretically, behind the Dodgers and the Padres. I know nobody's thinking about that, but entering 2021, that was kind of the realistic expectation for me was that LA would finish close to 100 wins. The Padres could push 95 and the Giants might be pushing 90 and be able to sneak into the playoffs that way. Well, if that transpires this year, which I'm not saying it will, I'm not saying it's all going to play out that way, but there's no doubt that this helps the Giants playoff odds. It pretty much helps every team's playoff odds, but some teams are helped more than others. And it's kind of the teams that were on the fringe. And I think on paper, at least right now, without making more substantial additions, the Giants kind of stand on that fringe, although I would expect them to continue to make additions. So if it was last year, the Giants, of course, having the best record in the major leagues, they would have had a first round bye, and the Dodgers would have gone into a best of three series with the Cardinals, actually, which I believe was the wild card matchup. Yeah, it was. And so the Giants could have ended up playing the Dodgers anyway. That would have been their opponent. The The players pushed for reseeding after that best of three series, but the league didn't give it up. And so I think that's unfortunate because you could have the same type of situation play out again that we saw this year in which a 107 win Giants team has to play a 106 win Dodgers team in the best of five. It's no longer really the first round, but the first you know division series. I don't think that's right. And hopefully one day they do kind of get on board with reseeding and so that doesn't happen, but that's the way it is now. Hopefully that type of situation doesn't exactly play out again. It was a little bit unfair that the team with the best record in baseball had to play the team with the second best record in baseball in the first round of the playoffs. But anyway, that's here to stay. That is the new rule, and the Giants' playoff odds were helped, certainly, by this. One other thing, I mean, first I want to say the 2023 schedule is going to be more balanced than it has been. Every team is going to play every other team in the majors at least once starting in 2023. And that's a big deal. As it is now, you kind of only play one league, one division in the American League once per year. But now you're going to see every American League team every year. I think one year it'll be you'll play certain teams at home and the other the next year you'll play those teams on the road and it'll switch off. So every other year you'll see every American League team in San Francisco. And I think that's a great change. It also means less inter-intra-division games, which is certainly a good thing. I made the point on Twitter, the Dodgers, I love those games, but the Padres and the D-backs and the Rockies, I've seen enough of those teams for a lifetime. And so anything that they can do to kind of add to a more balanced schedule, and then I think that sets the stage for potentially a rebalancing uh, of divisions and then potentially changing the playoff format a little bit so it's not based on divisions necessarily and more so if you have a balanced schedule, you can base it just on record. That's where we're headed down the road and then potentially expansion, uh, leaving us with 32 teams and then having 
teams of uh, divisions of four. All of that is down the road, but this ste- this sets the stage for that, and I think it's undoubtedly a good thing. So coming up next, we'll talk about that new rule that affects the Giants in particular. And Zaidi had a lot to say about it today when he met with the media. So stay tuned for that. But first, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, here we go. We are going to talk about the rule change that affects the Giants in particular almost more than any team that is part of this new CBA. And Farhan Zaidi had some some words about it today. Not necessarily negative words, but it it definitely changes the strategy for the Giants. So let's just dive into that topic. The new rule is that players can only be optioned five times in a season. This is a big deal. The Giants love to use option ability to create kind of roster flexibility and cycle guys through. There may be some unintended consequences to this, and Zaidi did have something to say about that. We are going to do a quote from Danny Emmerman of Danny Emmerman of the of KNBR, Giants beat reporter for KNBR. And this is what Zaidi had to say about the new rule with five options, being teams being limited to optioning players five times in a season. Zaidi said, I think we looked at it and we had a couple guys maybe that were optioned more than five times. I think it was Tyro Estrada and Jason Vossler. I have mixed feelings about the rule. I am I completely understand the intent. It's not a fun thing for guys to be going back and forth. I guess I have some concerns for how it might impact our decisions. I think there's a lot of conversations of, oh, these guys have a system. They use a lot of guys. It's going to hurt them. To me, it's more a question of a guy who may be on the 26-man roster bubble who you know is going to have to be going back and forth to get their major league time. Obviously, when that guy has been optioned four times, it's going to affect the last time. Whenever we call him back up, we're going to really need to mean it because at that point, we're either going to have to DFA him or keep him up. I wish the system worked where everybody operated the same way and at the same point of a fifth option, either we have to trade this guy or put him on waivers. But in reality, it's going to affect kind of transactions upstream. So the second or third time you call a guy up, does it impact things? Are you more likely to spread out the opportunities than call up a guy like that? In a then call up a guy that in a vacuum is most deserving. I really like the intent of the rule and I'm really interested to see how it plays out. Just in my experience, there are a lot of times when you know that a call up is a short term thing, maybe for a day or two because somebody's coming back or somebody just went on short term bereavement leave or something like that. There are times where you'll ask a player, hey, this is probably just going to be for a day or two or three days. If you don't want your schedule disrupted, don't want to be flying back and forth or whatever, would you rather us call up somebody else? 
and only once in my career has a player said, why don't you call up someone else? Being in the big leagues is a big deal to guys financially, service time-wise, and just an opportunity to be on that stage. I'm hoping it works the intended way, and it creates more stability for players, because that's a really important thing. But I also hope it doesn't restrict opportunities or put teams in a position where they're having to make trade-offs we would rather not make. I think we always want to call up the best player, the most deserving player. So that is a nuanced answer to this, and I kind of have similar feelings. I think that the intent of the rule is good, but I'm not 100% convinced that it's going to play out the way that it is intended. And that's always the danger when you make changes is unintended consequences. But it's certainly going to be a factor for the Giants because Vossler was optioned a lot, and so was Tyro Estrada. And they do it with pitchers too. And plenty of teams did option pitchers more than the five times. So it is, I think, on the whole, probably going to benefit certain types of players. But as Zaidi mentioned, you might hold a guy down more because you don't want to get to that fifth option. So it's just an interesting new rule and one of many in this new collective bargaining agreement that really changes the I mean, there's a new draft lottery also, for example, there's service time stuff where if you have a player on your opening day roster who, let's say, I mean, for for the sake of example, Elliot Ramos, let's say the Giants are now incentivized to have an Elliot Ramos on their opening day roster because if he ends up finishing in the top, I think, three in rookie of the year or down the road in MVP voting, the Giants would be rewarded with draft pick compensation for having him on that opening day roster. If he's not, and he wins those awards, you don't get a draft pick or finishes in the top X amount. I don't know the exact number. Then you don't get the draft pick. There's also, uh, if a player is first or second in rookie of the year in a given year, no matter when they came up, they are granted a full year of service. So this is in order to prevent teams from service time manipulation where they wait until May or whatever to call up a player and then he ends up being good. They know he's going to be good, but they want to get that extra year of service. But if he ends up in the top two in rookie of the year, he gets a full year of service no matter what. And so it's an extra incentive to say, why don't we just have that guy on the opening day roster if we think he's good enough? I don't think this is going to apply to Elliot Ramos, but it might down the road apply to I don't know, Kyle Harrison, Luis Matos, Marco Luciano, those types of prospects. So I just wanted to point out that that is also in the deal as well. And we do have, in fact, a six-team draft lottery. All of the non-playoff teams are going to be entered into the lottery with you know, increasing odds based on where you finish. The top three, excuse me, the bottom three teams, the worst team, second worst, and third worst, all will have 16.5% odds of getting the first overall pick. I'm not entirely clear yet on what the odds would be for the second overall pick once that first pick has been determined, but just my quick math is that it's about a 50-50 chance that one of the bottom three finishers won't get the first overall pick. And so that is an anti-tanking measure, and I just wanted to point out, we didn't mention this yesterday in detail, that that is a part of this new collective bargaining agreement. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Coming up on 
probably Monday, we're going to be talking about any and all transactions that happen over the weekend. At some point, I would expect the floodgates to kind of open a little bit as there's kind of a crazy game of musical chairs with players trying to get into camp and get, you know, jobs. I think the upper part of the market might take a little longer to play out, but also players probably want to get into camp and not have to start the season late. So we'll probably be back on Monday, if not Monday, then Tuesday, talking about all of that. So once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thank you to everyone who's done so already. Have a great weekend. I can't wait to be with you again early next week. Happy baseball being back. Uh, Until then, see you next time.